Is it recording? Yeah, here it goes. Uh, this is the No Friends podcast where I have no friends, only buddies, and you guessed it, this is a test, and uh, I'm here alone again. Uh, I don't even have my notes in front of me. Uh, I'm just sitting in my messy room in North Hollywood with my thumb in my butt, metaphorically, because I don't like fingers in my butt. Welcome. Uh, this is, as I said, the No Friends Podcast. None of it has been released yet, but if you're hearing this, oh boy, are you in for some luck. There are multiple episodes out there in the world, including two of them, which don't even work. So those will be lost episodes for my hopeful soon-to-be hardcore fans who like... Ooh, give me that good goo 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 gooshy stuff that sounds so nasty. I just I gotta have it. But not to be worried. Um, those will be replaced, and maybe even the day that I drop this episode, which is gonna sound super funky by the time you listen to this, because there's three episodes in front of this at least, because this is the No Friends podcast, and even though we got no friends, we got them priorities, and we got some kind of worth ethic. Uh, the sound is looking wild and a little bit crazy. Uh, we're still learning here at the No Friends podcast. This is on GarageBand, but... What do I want to talk about today, man? Um, there's lots that I could bring up. Uh, I wanted to maybe watch a movie trailer, talk about something like that, uh, talk about other things. Maybe I'll blast out there before I start recording the rest of this, uh, swallowing spit to be able to continue talking. But maybe I'll go out there and ask a couple fellow nerd-like humans, uh, what's something you'd want to hear me babble on about? So uh, this is uh, the No Friend Podcast. Uh, get locked and loaded. Put your butt in a seat, these earplugs in your ears, and uh, let's get rolling, rolling, rolling like we're Fred Durst in 1990, whenever the fuck that album came out. Aha, uh-huh. but yes, we continue rolling like we're... On drugs, but no, rolling like we're like a ball going down a hill that has a child chasing it. And I'm that child, and the audio is the ball, and it'll get to the bottom of the hill eventually. Let's just hope that it's not one of those double black diamond hills, and I don't trip and fall and then make mistakes that will stick with me forever. Because <laughs> that, that, that would be... um. That would be unfortunate, wouldn't it? Would be super, super unfortunate. But let's get into some of our topics. I'm going to just go out on a limb and say, yeah, the audio is fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so what is on cue for today? Uh, I'm going to try something new here today. It might sound kind of weird, but uh, I'm going to comment on some trailers and some videos that are nothing too crazy just some stuff that i think may lead to some funniness and uh other stuff like that but damn i can't tell you how good a practice this is for julian your host thanks for joining me uh just for practicing stand-up just getting used to holding a microphone because that's half the battle folks is is being able to hold one of these stupid things that is very phallic shaped and uh, not feel weird about it. Because I can tell you right now that if I was holding an actual penis, I would feel very weird about it. But enough of me talking about holding penises in your ear, which is a beautiful visual, that leads me right into my first topic that I'm very ignorant on. But it's something I want to mention because as little as I knew about Terry Jones, uh, the man definitely had an impact on me. I'm, I'm a very absurdist person. Person, I'm I'm fucking ridiculous. For those of you who don't know, I made a movie called The Monkey with a Gun. Yeah, let that one sink in. If you want to look it up, I'm not even going to get into it right now. That is a topic for another time. If one of you asked me an interesting question at one point on the No Friends Podcast official Instagram, you can leave questions anywhere in DMs or comments. There's only one picture up there right now, but by the time you hear this, there will be guaranteed at least two But let's get to my point. Terry Jones, he died. Uh, Sucks. 
Uh, never met him, obviously. I'm not the biggest. I'm not going to sit here and go like, oh, my God. Fucking, uh, I can't even think of what it's called. <laughs> Monty Python, my boy. I, I can't even think of, you know, anything really that jumps out to me besides the classic, which is, you know, Monty Python's Holy Grail. Or, yeah, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, right? That's what it's called. Am I crazy? It's called the Holy Grail. No, and then the musical was called Spamalotta. For some reason, I wanted to say Spamalotta and the Grail, which is not, not at all what it's called. But just to be safe, so I don't sound extra stupid, even though I know I'll sound stupid, I'm just gonna Google Holy Grail right here, and Holy Fire. You can see his stripes, but you know he's clean. Holy Diver. I'm like fucking up all these lyrics. Uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. That's what I wanted. Yeah, okay, so that was right. Yeah, I'm not stupid. I'm, I know stuff, okay? Internet, I know things. And, oh, look at that. It's actually playing uh, today. That's really cool that they're doing that. But getting back to the topic at hand here, uh, Monty Python is just really just something important for the history of comedy. I mean... Terry Jones, uh, it's not like I'm super familiar with his name, and I've heard it before, and I probably off the top of my head couldn't mention, you know, other members, but I can see their face. Like, I want to say it's like John Cleese. I want to say that that's a name. I'm not even going to look it up, but I'm going to go on a limb and say he was another founding member of uh, Monty Python, uh, feeling like I'm talking a little bit too fast, but Monty Python has this whole attitude of taking that British dry humor and, like, just dunking it in like a liquid that you're not quite sure what it is but it looks funny and then they throw it at a wall and then like it shatters and that makes it hilarious that that is not even describing a monty python sketch really uh point is i've seen holy grail i've seen select moments with the fat guy uh the whole no poof does the whole silly walk um and uh like i think i said I, i've seen spam a lot and and I think that their style is something that it comes and goes in comedies these days. But nowadays, I feel like the people, they they want more grounded things. And, and that's fine. But like every once in a while, you know, we get something like Sorry to Bother You, which I don't know if I've mentioned the praises of that movie. But holy fucking shit, people. Uh, go see that movie if you haven't seen it because it's not quite Monty Python, but if Terry Jones was lucky enough to watch that before he passed, I bet that in his old age he sat there with an old man smile going, mm, this guy watched what I made, and he didn't sound at all uh, like that. But uh, let's see if uh, we can get a copyright charge on this, just to shift gears, because look, I don't know a whole lot about Monty Python. It's something that I've always wanted to get into, just get a box set and fucking dive in. But anytime I've I've fucked with it, you know, <laughs> like I've not messed with it, but I've, when I've watched it, when I see it with my eyes, I was like, oh, yeah, this is, this is great. I love it. I mean, the whole, like, holy hand grenade, bro. Like, talk about having an impact on culture. I mean... I knew, I think, probably about the Holy Hand Grenade before I'd even heard of Monty Python through the game Worms. And probably my biggest complaint, well, that's a lie. I have a lot of complaints about that movie, Ready Player One. And I think it's fine. I think it's Easter Egg the movie. And I kind of like that because, you know, it's fun. Fun Movies can be fun sometimes. But they they didn't do my boy the Holy Hand Grenade right. They could have done him a little bit better. Maybe, like done it accurately but either way um we're recording right along we're gonna we're gonna proceed a little bit here into my next topic like i was saying let's see if we can maybe get a copyright strike maybe not because it's just audio so let's see if we can have some fun with this oh my phone's not lighting up <laughs> i don't have friends because this is what you, you say it out loud i want to feel it i'm not even going to say it because you already know because you're here listening to me, and we're pretending together, but uh, just doing whatever the fuck I want here on my podcast because it's mine. Uh, I, I like movies, dude, and uh, talking about silly things, uh, like I think it was like a week and a half ago or so, but it's 
it's slowly been gaining traction. There's this trailer called Akimbo Guns with your boy Harry Pothead. And uh, I think it looks fun, man. Uh, I'm going to play this trailer. Uh, it's probably going to just pick up a little bit of the audio. You might be able to hear it. But let's uh, let's watch this together, shall we? All right. Appropriate audiences. The audio is turned up. It might be loud. Let's see if the microphone picks it up. Okay. Yeah, the microphone isn't isn't picking it up at all. Oh my god, is that is that bad Barbie? So, uh you can't even hear it. I'm not going to stop to I pointed the mic at it for a second there. But no, I, I guess I can just, you know, watch it in silence. Wow, first of all, Saban Films. That's fucking huge. No one has been talking about it. Uh the people who make Power Rangers, if I'm not mistaken, are producing this. So that means that there's definitely going to be toys of Harry Potter with guns bolted to his hand. But I've, I've already seen this trailer. If you're curious, go look it up. Check it out. I'm going to be watching this while I'm talking about it. But it reminds me kind of a cross between that movie Nerve that came out with James Franco's brother, which on paper sounded cool. You know, it's a whole guy like they do the Internet videos and they get like challenged to do stuff and like you can't cancel or someone will kill you. This looks um, like a cross between that and The Purge. And yeah, looking at the trailer, like I love nasty practical effects and they got the neon lights going like this looks like fun and it looks also like a little bit of Scott Pilgrim in there. So I'd say it's Nerve, Scott Pilgrim, and The Purge because there is definitely some exaggerated version of society going on. And there's some great, you know, like imagery in there. People, oh, this must be, this isn't even a new trailer I'm watching. Like, I can't hear it or anything. I mean, I don't need to hear it, but this is a little bit more glossy. It looks like it's been rendered. Some of these jokes look silly, like a guy listening to music and there's guns firing behind him, lol. But the attention to detail of, like, the filmmaking in here really makes it worth watching, I think. I mean, this is, again, this is not your mama's movie. I mean, this is this is some silly bullshit. I, I like the movie Hardcore Henry, you know. Crank 2 is one of my favorite movies of all time. And this movie, like, features a guy trying to put on his pants with guns bolted to his... I mean, just, <laughs> just watching him try and close the door here. Yeah, a feast for eyes. I mean, that sounds about right in the trailer. It's saying that. But watching this guy, like, put on pants, cl drive a car with these guns bolted to his hands. I mean, it just looks like they're... What was that say? What did that say there? Radcliffe is a lean, mean... What machine? What was it saying right there? Balls to the wall action. I rewinded a little bit too far. I'm going to pause it when I... Okay. Radcliffe is a lean, mean, somewhat clumsy killing machine. All right. Like, that's... that's that that seems like it's gonna be fun and plus this is this is the perfect setup for your character to be able to overcome something because holy shit is he put it in a bad position so to speak uh at the start of this i mean just again i'm not sure if i mentioned this i'm going real fast through this but seeing someone with guns bolted to their hands walking up to the police for help and them pulling out their guns not only is logical and makes sense but uh it's pretty relevant i feel like you know i feel like uh there are people out there who uh believe that that is a statement that uh they would like to hear about i mean i know i do again saying i made a movie called monkey with a gun trying to keep in tone here it's so hard to check how long this shit's been running for but i guess that's like 400 seconds i'm gonna have to change that to to something that i can understand okay time perfect perfect oh that's so nice we've been going for 14 minutes now but uh i guess i'll watch the last couple seconds of this trailer god isn't this podcast all over the place i i wonder how you feel about it please leave a comment on my web zone uh but yeah, I don't like the whole Suicide Squad look of the trailer. I mean, not yet rated, lol, that's going to be restricted as fuck. I'm surprised that they were able to get these commercials out there like this. I mean, this trailer really should be, I mean, I'm trying to think. I guess like the rules for showing things on TV, it's mostly you can't show people doing drugs. Like you'll notice, here's a fun fact. 
anytime you watch a commercial for beer or something, because beer is a drug, you cannot show people consuming a drug on TV. Like I've seen, I remember way back in the day, uh, it was pretty crazy, G4, the video game channel, on 420 because they know their audience. I remember the talk show, they talked about doing like, I don't think it was ayahuasca, that would be pretty fucking intense and kind of weird that they would be like filming that, but I think they took like a intense herbal tea that might have been mushrooms but they did it and they're like all right um we're going to go do this uh because it's illegal for us to show you how to do this but you can probably imagine and they're sitting there with a cup of tea as i take a sippy from my slurpy cup of deadpool that just says p but um yeah so it's illegal to show that but i think i mean with guns i mean you know they say the most popular thing that's ever been put on screen the most popular character in a movie is the gun uh there's no actor no person or any character who's gotten more screen time than the gun look it up i'm sure someone has made youtube videos where they go well let's get right into it here's the top 10 moments of the gun showing up in a movie uh but just uh round out this uh this discussion with myself no shut up keep going okay sweet i don't know why i'm interrupting myself with rude negative thoughts uh, I guess I'm desperately trying to be funny, which is something I'm trying to fight against because fight the power in your head, you know, because ignore the bad voices, just the good one. And what you're listening to right here, this isn't just a good voice. This is the goodest. OK, so keep that in mind. Um not going to say that if this was this podcast was in a physical form, it wouldn't be lead. But it's not. It's audio. So lead for your ears, just like inside the guns. I don't know how he's going to reload those guns. Uh, I, I like wicked sci-fi. Like, I don't know why I said wicked, but like just cool sci-fi. One of my favorite movies. If you haven't seen it, highly recommend it. It's called Upgrade. This looks like uh, Upgrade with two left feet. So Guns Akimbo, uh, eventually expect a review of that on the No Friends podcast. But Getting into, speaking of work, and yeah, I didn't mention work, but I just did, so technically, ha, I win. Um, oh, wait, 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 yeah, never mind, don't wait, just keep listening, chill. It's all good, we're all good. I'm tense, you're not, you're relaxing, this is fun for you, maybe, I hope. Um, yeah, uh, I brought up work uh, because I'm going to talk about it a little bit. It's so distracting seeing these numbers moving, I'm not used to this, I'm holding a microphone, everyone, this is fucking weird for all of us. But I worked, yay, uh, in my field, double yay, and got paid for it. I know. Uh, I'm not going to break for applause, but in my head, you're all, the crowd is going wild. All, all three people who I forced to come, and two of them are my parents, and the other one is my sister, probably. But um, the bartender is there, and he's, like, looking confused. Either, I don't know why I'm describing this room that does not exist, but either way, um, I worked on Lone Star 911, uh, which is a spinoff of the 911 TV show, which is just rah, emergency done to the max. I've never really seen an episode, but I've seen clips of it and it looked polished. You know, it looked decent, but I didn't sign an NDA and I didn't take any pictures really uh, out there. But I'm pretty sure I can talk about it. No spoilers, I guess. Uh, because I want to get hired again to do background on everything possible because I like to make money and survive and work in my field. Even though that's pretty much glorified cattle, I will be the best goddamn cow you ever see. But yeah, I played a homeless guy, you know, playing to my type. If you look up a picture of me, yes, confirmed, I look like shit. Uh, I'm sorry I said that, Mom. My mom will be so mad. My mom should be listening to this anyway, but she is because uh, my parents are supportive and I can't disappoint them. Anyway, so I I got to be a homeless guy and the whole set, what's funny is this show takes place in Austin and we shot, obviously, I'm not in Austin, even though sometimes I wish I was. I'm in L.A. and it was, I don't know if you know anything about Austin, uh, they're good listener, but uh, Austin has a huge homeless problem. They're, they're on that level of uh, San Francisco where I don't know if they have an app 
prefer the poops that people find like they do in San Francisco. Like there's literal, literally like poop emojis you find on a map somewhere where it's like, oh, that's Dukeville. Don't go there. But they quite literally have a Dukeville in uh in austin they they literally have tarps that they put out where they designate it's like all right if you're gonna shit can you please shit here so it doesn't waft this way and we have to smell it uh unfortunately uh yes yes you do uh you do have to do that because uh they're shitting everywhere else um so i got to be a homeless guy in this little shanty town and uh apparently we were supposed to be told like you're a meth head you're crackhead you're just you're a homeless guy uh the guy asked me doing makeup and i was like uh they didn't tell me i'm in group d there was about like i don't know like 80 people there that day i mean like uh this isn't an exclusive thing. I highly recommend anyone who lives in L.A. Look up Central Casting. Look up when their next sign-up is and, and go for it, man, if you're an American citizen. Otherwise, get a visa or your SOL. Uh, but, yeah, I played a – I chose – he's like, uh, you know, we'll we'll make you a crackhead. I was like, yeah, sounds good, you know. Uh, I, I'm, I wasn't the dirtiest homeless guy, but I, I like to think that I was a homeless guy who had connections. And most of the clothes I was wearing uh, – embarrassingly were mine but i wore this cool what the guy called a baja hoodie i call it a drug rug hopefully you know what i'm talking about it's like one of those hoodies that is made of that really uncomfortable material it's really itchy but they're cool looking uh look that up i wore that and some dirty jeans with some stuff from a bar back shift that i didn't even have time to do laundry yet and they were like perfect i was like great i'm glad you're happy with the gr the dirty clothes i brought and uh, when the guy made me up, back to that, uh, we ended up choosing, like, someone's like, look, I'm not a crackhead, but I'll smoke some crack on occasion, okay? And all day on set, when people would approach me, I'd be like, hello there, would you like to procure some crack? I'm a salesman of crack. I have the finest crack under this bridge, I promise you. And uh, I'm sure I would have sold lots of crack, uh, lots of crackheads, uh, uh, metaphorically and uh, literally. There were background is a wild job uh, a lot of people who like they're 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 swinging for the fences and uh i hope they keep doing it because uh they the, the world does not go round without them in this film world but uh the biggest m things to mention about this is uh Liv tyler was on set lord of the rings the incredible hulk uh unfortunately wasn't able to snag a picture with her or say hi however on the last scene we shot, because I'll be honest with you folks, uh, if you, I want you to think right now, how long do you think I was on set? Um, maybe you're right if you've ever worked on set, but uh, you're probably wrong. I was on set from, I arrive early because I don't fuck around because they don't fuck around. They need you to be there early. So I was like, okay, uh, I always need to be able to be hired. Um, and I showed up at probably 540. My call time was 6 a.m. And I got on set and I wasn't able to like, you know, get in there until a little bit like to give, get my paper and like start the whole process because, you know, they hadn't gotten them or whatever yet. But I was there and I was, you know, clocked in at 6 a.m. technically. And then we were there until the clock out time was 10 p.m., which is wild. That is one of the longest work days I've ever had. And plus the thing is, just to give you context of how I was feeling before I tell you what was so good about this day, uh, I I didn't sleep the night before because I live in North Hollywood. The shoot was in Long Beach. I don't have a car. Uh, I I knew that I needed to get out there a little bit early and it's gonna it was going to take a while. And because it, it was right before rush hour, I was able to get there at a decent time. But I, I don't like sleeping for like two hours. Like I hate that because I don't feel groggy. Uh, I kind of wish I would have done that, but I was at the the haha -ha North Hollywood till about eleven thirty, and I was just like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna just sit around and just play games on my Switch and talk to my friends." Who one of them will stay up late with me? Shout out to him. His name is Gary Eakin. He does amazing photoshops and he does all the official artwork for the No Friends podcast. Shout out to him and reach out to him for any of your Photoshop needs. And even if he doesn't accept it, tell him that you must pay him because he's great. But back to the topic at hand was working on that. I'll be honest. Uh, there's sometimes there's moments in between takes. So I was homeless and I was wearing their jacket over all my stuff. And that shit was ripped and dirty already, fake dirty, but 
I had no problem sleeping on the ground a couple times. So probably over the course of the day, uh, in my little crack store doing background, I got to sleep probably like a half hour between them setting up cameras. And then later on, like I wasn't able to fall asleep because it's just the chairs are uncomfortable. I didn't want to sleep on the grass because it wasn't even as comfortable as my little crack store. They had like this dirty Ikea rug that felt like a bear carpet. So I was like, hell yeah, this thing's soft as hell. And then later on when they moved everything around and made it a new location, for the end, which is leading up to my really super exciting part of what ended up happening during this shoot for me and could be, you know, something uh, I I was placed next to a gate and I was I was talking to someone who maybe I'll bring up in a little bit. His name was Andy. Super nice guy. Told me a little bit about the Mandalorian. Maybe we'll get into that afterwards. Uh, but um, yeah, uh, he, he worked on the Mandalorian and that's all I'll pretty much say about it. Uh, don't want to get him in trouble if no one ever happens to hear this lol. But the point is, uh, I just started, I was placed next to a gate and the scene was an ambulance was going to come through and I just like laid down on the ground, you know, like in between, I was just like, nah, and then they called us like, all right, rolling, you know, camera ready. And then they didn't call action yet. So I just, I stood up, I stood next to my buddy Andy there who ended up giving me a ride home. Shout out to him. Cause he's a boss. Uh, and everything starts happening and like we do one take and it's pretty much a rehearsal and they film the rehearsal because, uh, expensive and they had two cameras going and I just stood next to the gate and I watched them. I, I mimed a little, I was doing my whole crackhead thing of like twiddly fingers, wide eyes, you know, crazy body movements and stuff like that. And, uh, like not wild, but just like, you know, looking nuts and, uh, just keeping it subtle to keep it real. And, uh, they they then told me like that I could kind of interact with stuff and I was never told to stop and they did I think two takes and I did it both times so your boy might be visible not only uh acting like a crackhead trying to wave down an ambulance that is not paying attention to me and then getting out of the way and I saluted three feet away from Liv Tyler, an ambulance that wasn't paying attention to me again. But maybe the camera was. And folks, people listening, that is all that matters. That the camera caught it. Look at this. We're recording a podcast. This is so nice. Sorry, I'm checking the audio, making sure everything is good. Again, weird being alone recording all this. Just got to keep the entertainment train going. Uh, so, yeah, uh, might be a featured extra on uh 911 Lone Star and hopefully uh because the guy was like oh yeah like one of the people I met there was like yeah I do homeless all the time which is a, a weird sentence to say but uh I have longer hair at the moment because I haven't been able to get one of those Oscar winning haircuts you know like from because that's what they give you on set some of those people have won awards and those are the ones I want to cut my hair you feel me I don't care god I hate when I rhyme but either way um yeah, I look homeless, you know, because I'm borderline homeless. But other than that, uh, hopefully I'll do more uh, stuff with them. If they ever do that area, maybe they'll call back. They were thinking about calling us back. Lucky for me, they didn't call us back because, like, oh, God, if I had to leave there at midnight and get home, like, or leave there at 10 and get back at, like, 11 and then have to be there at 6 a.m. again, I might have cried. But the bonus is that maybe I would have been able to meet up with my buddy Andy, who told me he worked on The Mando Season 2. And all he could really tell me was that, oh, it slipped my mind who was directing the episode. But there's some uh, there's some funky stuff that's happening. He may or may not have told me that... The Mando was not wearing his mask. Uh, that's kind of weird. But other than that, uh, there's going to be a Wookiee from the original series or of movies, those costumes, from London, he mentioned, they brought on set, which is all stuff I'm sure is out there. Carl Weathers was the director of the episode, which, holy fuck, man, what an honor. I mean, I've been lucky enough, I mean, I say directed by, and he was there shouting to a crowd of people, and I was one of them. Um, what's it called? Uh, uh, la, 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 la. Uh, his name is, uh, is, is Seth Rogen, uh, one of my freaking heroes. 
And that guy, he uh, he directed me, and I have never told this story, I guess, on air here, but uh, I was just angry New York guy walking through the city. And you can see this on my Instagram. There's a picture of it and a timestamp. And I think that another comedian was there who I know, this guy named Andy Van. He, a different Andy and, and actually talented comedian, unlike myself. I'm just a fucking piece of shit. But... I think he might be in the frame or it's a guy who really looks like him. Shout out to him. And he will definitely come on here and I'll bring this up to him. But what happened was uh, Seth Rowan was like, great job, everyone. As I was like, you know, just like smoking, walking towards the camera, knowing that I was in the foreground. I was super stoked about it. And uh, we stopped. Regina Hall is like a foot behind me. And Seth Rogen says, great job. And I said, oh, my God, Seth Rogen complimented my work. And I and I hear this laughter behind me and I turn around and Regina Hall is looking right at me and I look right back at her and I said, oh, my God, I may and I made Regina Hall laugh. And then she smiled and people I'm not making this up. She touched my shoulder. If that's if that's not a sign, I don't ever want to get a sign. Okay, just a stop sign. Uh, but yeah, I do background sometimes. Uh, it's just basically getting paid to be a fancy wall. And I got to tell you, I think I ate the best, uh, I have in about a year doing that work on set. I had breakfast, lunch, and dinner, even though they called our so-called, you know, lunch, uh, or our dinner lunch. It was pretty much breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I got a bunch of uh, free natu- or Nature Valley Crunchy Peanut Butter Bars, which, if you don't know, now you do. Those are sick. Uh, they're pretty dope. But what else did I want to talk about on here? Yeah, I do background work. Hopefully, it can keep paying me. Uh, I didn't have a lot prepared. I messaged good old Ryan Walterson about things to do or for me to talk about. Hopefully, he'll listen to this, and I know that he's he's a fan of lots of internet-like media. I hope he likes my stuff. He's a, a Muppet genius. Maybe one day, if we're in the same place, I'll, I'll let him talk about things, because as you know, on the No Friends podcast, I have no friends, so I just like to let my friends talk, or sorry, my buddies talk who are with me, but oh, I got a, got a message from someone else. Have you talked about the leaked script concept art? For Star Wars Episode Nine, uh, all I have to say about that is, <laughs> oh, I've talked about Star Wars. I talked about Willem, uh, talked about it with Willem when we recorded, but that's one of those lost recordings. Uh, I'll throw this out there: greatest commercial of all time. Don't care for it. Uh, it's not a movie. Uh, it's it's an advertisement for a theme park, toys, costumes, and footage that'll later be repurposed for rides. Um, uh, it's, it's really sad looking at the, uh, at what could have been the other ideas that they wanted to go through with. And, and honestly, I'm glad we didn't get that because that looks like a great movie. And I, I've said this on my first episode I ever recorded of this, uh, love me a good movie, great movies. There's nothing that can top that except a real shit one. And I mentioned Doolittle a little bit cause that was the other thing he asked about. And maybe I'll get into that in a minute, but finishing up about these Star Wars things, I mean, just put it simply, like, I saw the drawings, and, like, it looked great. Uh, I think the image of, uh, of Darth Vader fighting Kylo Ren, I think it's pandering, but it's badass pandering, unlike the stuff that we get in this new one, where, spoilers, Princess Leia's death is a fart under a bedsheet, and that's dumb. That that's really really dumb. I mean, I, people disagree with me about this, but I don't care because uh, I disagree with them. That's <laughs> that's how disagreements work. Uh, welcome to the disagreement explanation podcast where I explain disagreement. No, but my point is is that I think that the movie was insulting to Carrie Fisher. Man, they turned her into a soundboard. You know, it was just her, her saying lines and like shots behind her head. Like, like, I really don't give a shit that you hired her daughter to be her stand in to like CGI her face. Like that is fucking meaningless to me because it, it got to the point where like even in the last couple movies where they're like, oh, she's not Princess Leia. She's General Leia. It's like, OK, that's that's weird, but that seems like a logical progression and maybe in different context or maybe a better one than these movies I would like that but I'm just very indifferent about it especially after you know her whole moment of uh 
of Mary Poppins. But honestly, the whole problem with that movie and my problem with her their portrayal of her character is, dude, it turned into Oprah giving away cars. Uh, you have the force, and you have the force, and you get the force. It's like, all right, the force is no longer special. You know, I was talking to I've, – I've been saying this to people recently, and I think that this is the best way to sum up how I used to really love Star Wars as a kid. Like, wasn't super into it, but whenever I'd think about it, I'd be like, oh, I, I love it. And, and, and I was even wrong as a child about it, but that doesn't matter because movies, no matter what anyone tells you, man, they're a personal experience. You are sitting there in front of this flashing image that's filling up a rectangle, and it's all about how it affects you, man. And uh, where was I going with this? Uh, my point was that I, I just think that, wait, what was I just talking about? I don't want to stop the recording because this is just so funny that I'm just so stupid and that my mind is blanking like this. Sorry, I'm getting like text messages. It's distracting me. But I think I was just pretty much saying uh, Star Wars is is dumb now. Oh, right. This is what I was going to say is that back when I was a kid and I would watch the Star Wars movies, you know, Stormtroopers, I thought those were robots, dude. And that's fine and it's also fine in the force awakens that they weren't robots and they delve into that you know and discovering the whole character of finn and that is what i'm gonna like pretty much button this topic with because i'm fucking tired of talking about it and i know that me and willem because that was in our lost recording that maybe will never be heard we're gonna re-record and we'll probably discuss star wars again and you know the video game a little bit but Star Wars is just it's not it's not special anymore. There's a million Star Wars in in many many different forms. And at this point, the mystery has been too developed and it's just it's not the fun and magic it was and god damn it George Lucas released the original cuts. I mean, I'm I'm fucking sick of these bastardized versions and like, just wrapping up what I was going to say about Finn, because I didn't finish that thought. I mean, just in general, this whole trilogy, it's not prequel bad by any means, but it's similar to it in the way that it's a giant missed opportunity, okay? Just like how this podcast is. Lol. Just kidding. Shouldn't say lol. That sounds so dumb. But this this Star Wars series, like, Force Awakens was good because J.J. Abrams know how to, knows how to set up mysteries and stuff, and I like the concept, but by the end of it... This turned into Ready Player One in the bad way, where it was just lots of effects, lots of nonsense trying to get you to buy other stuff. And that works for Ready Player One. It does not work for the ninth Star Wars movie. So uh, I think it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in a lot of ways. Like it's you don't bring back the biggest and bad one of the biggest and baddest bad guys off screen. I mean, Darth Vader if it was him, like, imagining it, like, I keep saying I'm going to stop talking about it, but then I just bring up other shit about it because I have a lot to say about this stuff. But it, it, Darth Vader, that one scene I had previously mentioned, having uh, Kylo Ren in his mind fight Darth Vader, that is something I'm okay with. But let's move on, and, and he mentioned or do little. Something I recorded a little bit talking to my, my boy Christian about... Um, Doolittle. A little bit more news has come out about that movie. Uh, I'm, name of the director escapes my mind. It doesn't matter. I, I feel bad for the dude. I'll say that if he ever so happens to listen to us. I genuinely do feel bad for the man. But apparently what happened was the movie was done. Like, the, this Doolittle movie was done. They had done the little animation before it. And apparently the, the studio was like... This is uh this is too serious. Like we can't sell this. Uh that's another way of saying um this is different and I don't like it. So they did a ton of reshoots which um spoiler go away now. I mean, if you're mad about spoilers for Doolittle, just just don't subscribe, man. Like this isn't for you. Like I'm sorry. Um they they added in a dragon in a rewrite. And uh the dragon gets hemorrhoids from helmets. Uh, I think I mentioned this, I'm pretty sure, it was like a week ago when I talked to Christian about this, um, and I'm sure you've heard this other places if you've heard them go into depth about Doolittle, which is Doolittle with $175 million, or almost nothing. 
There is a scene where Robert Downey Jr. fists the dragon. He is el- not even el- yeah, he's elbow deep in a dragon's butt. And and that leads to the dragon farting on him. And that's not even like the most obnoxious thing about this movie to me. I I really had a hard time getting through the movie. I saw it in fucking IMAX, which I saw it to its best of its ability to impress me. And the animation was nice at first, but the only reason I mention this, and I won't mention any names, because I hope she listens to this, and I don't hold it against her, but I will never forget when she said this to me. I was complaining about another bad movie uh, that this one I actually kind of like, one of my favorite bad movies, because it's kind of like a prequel to The Room, but that's a story for another time. Um, They told me, have you seen... You saw Venom, yeah, but did you see it in IMAX? And I'm not gonna lie, people, uh, that fucking pissed me off because uh, that doesn't make a difference. IMAX is is IMAX. Like it can be great for something like 1917, and I recommend that in IMAX. But let me tell you something, uh, folks. Yokes and jokes. Uh, seeing Doolittle in IMAX did nothing except give me a worse headache. Um, Octavia Spencer. I'm in love with geese right now. You know, the Untitled Goose Game, uh, one of my favorite things in general of last year. And I got to tell you, man, seeing Octavia Spencer as this goose character was maybe one of the most obnoxious characters I've ever seen in cinema. This was this was the equivalent of that character who in like 90s cartoons, you know, they didn't get beat up, but they talked like all the people you knew who got beat up. Like, yeah, gang, let's do this. Let's get together. We can help. And like this duck has a fucking wooden foot. And like there's so much there's so many things like I'm going to have an aneurysm just fucking thinking about this movie and I'm going backwards with it. But there there was not one moment that genuinely made me laugh. Maybe there was, but there was just so many other moments that pissed me off that I, I can't even remember it. Uh, it it only made me laugh genuinely in ways where I was just shocked. And and ten minutes in, my my jaw was dropped. But God, was I I was so bored watching that Doolittle movie. I I really can't can't recommend that shit but like i said uh do little more like do nothing uh follow me on instagram this is a perfect segue to that because i that's the video i said and at the time you know i was blaming robert downey jr for just accepting the script and and saying like dude you're friends with john favreau that guy he makes tons of movies with these uh, talking animals Uh, my inner wreck coming through (laughs) sorry but he makes movies with these talking animals, and your boy Robert Downey is just going to make this shitty movie, and you're just going to be like, thumbs up. I'm Chuck Norris in Dodgeball, giving you the thumbs up. And he should have been like, bruh, uh, I don't know about this. And to quote uh, Juicy One, Chris Herman uh, from Double Toasted, he is good. if he's not careful, Robert Downey Jr. is going to be the next... Uh, What's his name? Uh, I'm Jack Sparrow, you know, that guy. Uh, that He's going to be like, mm, you know, like when you know the guy, you see Johnny Depp, duh. It was just like my brain was like, stop in the name of the law. Um, but yeah, he's going to end up like Johnny Depp where he's just going to end up doing all these bad movies and we're all going to be sad about it because he's not going to be a name that we can trust anymore. And there's there's so many things wrong with this Doolittle movie. I mean, there's... I was called crazy for reading into it too much, and I think I mentioned this, but there's uh, on a previous podcast, but I'll mention it again because I'm talking about it again. Just for you, Chris Ayers, I spent my fucking two hours, thank God for AMC Pass, because if I paid for this, like that, that theater would be gone. I, I would have burned it down, and this podcast wouldn't exist because I would be in jail for arson. Um, God, I'm so pissed. I don't even know what I'm talking about with this movie anymore. Uh, th- there was just so many things about it where it just shows that they're pandering to children, which is fine. Like, Pixar does that in a way, but they still make elegant films. And this this Doolittle was... It was just a huge missed opportunity because this could have been a great step for Robert Daniel. Right, I was going to mention the Iron Man thing. There's close-ups that they do of like him like with an underwater helmet, and it's exactly like the close-up they do of... Uh, of Robert Downey Jr. when he's Iron Man. And I'm not saying that they're making a reference. 
I'm just saying they're trying to channel that imagery to fool your brains because to quote the one of the greatest critics of all time, Mr. Plinkett, you may not have noticed, but your brain did, which means that even it's I think I don't know who I was talking to about this. Uh, but, you know, it's like when you hear a dumb person say that they like the Matrix or something because, you know, it has that flow and it has these characters say these moments, say these lines and have these moments where we're like, ah, like, I don't know why, but this is cool, dude. It's so, all oh, the guns, blah, blah. You may not notice, but your brain did. And, and I'm sure I'll bring up Doolittle in the future probably when I'm talking about the worst movies of 2020. Oh, sick burn. Thanks, me in the background. But I I really hated that movie. I mean, I wanted to love it in the way where it was just dookie, but just not having enough people to laugh at the movie, listening to these lines, it was, it, it was really sad because I like all of the actors, all of them. All of them, I like them to varying degrees, but this shit, bro. All of y'all need to have a sit down with your agents like together and be like, look, this needs to never fucking happen again, ever, like ever. Make sure that shit does not go down because, dude, like Ma came out last year, you know, and Octavia Spencer was in that. She's great. But listening to this fucking duck made me want to die. Like, I know I talked about this, but like. Just thinking about this movie and trying to wrap it up, God, ev- like there was not one moment I thought I was like, oh, that that was fine. No, every single time this fucking duck popped up, I would just get fucking mad because it w- it would say some Saturday morning bullshit that an executive wrote on a fucking napkin. We can do this, team. Come on, together we can accomplish anything. Quack. Ooh. Ooh. None of the characters were good in this movie. I'm, I'm, I'm done. Okay, D- do nothing, okay? Uh, but do listen to the No Friends podcast because here we're family. Let's see what else is on the agenda. Uh, mention the Kimbo Guns, 911, Lone Star. Somebody call 911. I found work in Hollywood and I'm not burning. Though the theater almost burned when I talked about Doolittle. Um, I got written down that they're doing a Bambi and a Pinocchio remake. Now, Pinocchio is a whole can of worms, which folks, we're going to get into that. But let's talk about Bambi. But Pinocchio, there are some interesting little uh, factoids, if you will, about this that uh, I think merit a discussion. Uh, let me just look up Life is Beautiful real quick so I can pull up Roberto Benini's po- uh, profile because that is going to be a big part of the Pinocchio topic just to get into that a little bit. But um, Bambi. Okay, first of all, start this out. I mentioned John Favreau. He knows how to make these live-action movies with uh, the talking animals. Sort of. I may have spoke too soon. The thing is, is Doolittle... God, I hate that I'm bringing up that movie again. Doolittle, the fucking animals sucked, okay? Like, they looked they looked okay, and then they looked to turd. Like, it was just like, oh, like, it was like a sunrise, and by the time the sun came up, it's like, oh, that's not the sun, that's a piece of shit. Like, uh, that, that's a turd. Uh, that That's poop on, like, looking me in the eyes. Like, you ever feel like you make eye contact with a turd? That's what Lion King is for a full two hours. And now, anyone listening to this, any of my real friends, people who know me out there, please stop yourself. Please don't message me about how you loved it. It's going to make me depressed. Look, if you can't agree with what I'm about to say, maybe you need to get more edumacated on uh, the moving motion pictures. Um, The original Lion King is perfect. That's one of those movies, bro. It's like, how can you improve that? You know, it's it's as good as it gets. I can tell you one way you, how you can't improve it. Uh, can you feel the love tonight during the day? Let that shit fucking sink in. And there was a while where I was doing stand up about it because I was 
I was just trying to be the voice of reason. And, and I'd always ask, uh, has anyone here seen the new live, live action Lion King remake? And anyone who would say yes happily, I'd be like, you see that person right there? That's the problem, okay? We need to not support shit like that. But that being said, if this Bambi movie is not at all like this Lion King remake, which is just like, it's like one of those movies where it's like, these are the worst types of films. Like, there's remakes, and then there's these shot-for-shot remakes. And I don't care how tiny a variation you can point out. This Lion King remake is way too similar. The actors are way too much the same. And the music is isn't as good and it doesn't look as good like it's the only live action representation we need of this is the Broadway musical which I'm yet to see and I've seen a lot of Broadway but that's just one that's always sold out and I think that if they take this Bambi movie and they try to shoot it like a nature documentary or something like really like I don't want to say gritty because it's the wrong word because it's not serious. But if you can shoot this in a way that it's like it's really grounded, you know, like it's it's again, not like even that lady in the tramp movie, because I saw that I saw like a trailer for that recently. They were using it in a, in a dog food advertisement and my eyes rolled into the back of my head and I saw Satan laughing at me. And, and I don't know exactly what that means, but I said it. And, uh, and I hated what I saw. Uh, Satan was pure, sweet, sweet relief. Um, these live-action remakes, I'll tell you, man, when you're going to do that, there's a way to go about it. And The Lion King, Lady and the Tramp, uh, there's probably other ones in the pipeline. I mean, I didn't see the Aladdin remake, but that just pissed me off just because just, just I have standards, man. Uh, Robin Williams gave one of the greatest performances of all time in that movie, and... Uh, Big Willie style, Mr. Will Smith, I'm sure he did fine, but I just, I don't want that. Like, if you're going to go about these remakes, getting to my point, I know we're, we're, we're jogging, we're, we're really like trying to flow and we're not finding it, but here it is. If you're going to do these, just totally different. I, you can make a slight reference. Even A good example, man, is like the Mowgli or like Jungle Book. Neither film are all that great. But they're not a regurgitation. They're not the Lion King, man. Probably one of my favorite remakes of last year, like, because a lot of these remakes these days, they're like pseudo sequels to specific movies, like the Halloween movie comes to mind. But the, um, a remake that I really liked, another horror movie, and it's, it's totally different. It's a child's play movie. It's like, all right, the first one is all voodoo and shit like that. This one, this is kind of like the Black Mirror version. And I think that that's good because you're reinventing the wheel in a way. So to get back on track with Bambi here, eh, Bambi, I like deer, bro, but I, I don't, I want them to go about this in an interesting way. Like if I was going to direct this movie, I would go so artsy fartsy, people would hate it. There's a movie out there that I would love to recommend to Anyone who is listening right now, I guarantee you haven't seen it. I don't know the name of the director. I did some research about him. I sent him an email kissing his butt. He didn't accept my kisses to his cheeks. However, shout out to him again. He was a Harvard professor. He directed this film, experimental film, doc, not really a documentary movie called Leviathan. And this is a movie where it's just fishermen on a boat, but... This ain't Deadliest Catch. This is like Deadliest Catch when the camera was off. And there are shots in here that will truly blow your mind. And they feel real. So if I was going to do a Bambi movie... I would get real like this is nuts, but I would get like a like a big open space, like one of those like zoos you see like in the future in different movies. Like it would be basically a giant petting zoo, but it would be our set. And I would set it up where I would get these quote unquote actor deers and I would have them like interacting with these animals and I would try and capture these moments, you know, and I'm not saying like I'm thinking about it now. I'm not saying that I would shoot a deer on film to to shoot the the scene where the mom dies, but that would be kind of metal in a way. But that's really dark. I mean, I don't want to kill animals on film. I think that's also pretty illegal unless it's a documentary. But I'm, I'm talking like, 
you know, like they did that for uh, Cannibal Holocaust, and and they they probably wouldn't be able to do that today, and that's why that movie's impossible to remake. But again, staying on Bambi and my crazy version of this movie, I'm sure they're gonna do CGI animals, and they're gonna look really stupid, and they're gonna make fart noises with their mouths and shit, and it'll be really obnoxious. I'm just hoping that this trend that's starting in some of these movies, like again, I'm bringing it up, fucking do a little. They're, they take, like, the faces and the eyes of these actors, and it looks really freaky. Like, I kind of liked it in Mowgli, but when you look at, like, the rabbit in Doolittle, it's like, what the fuck is that? Like, what is that creature? And I, I hope that Bambi finds a way to reinvent the story, do not do a shot-for-shot remake, write a new script, pull from the story, reinvent the ideas, play off the twists. How about Bambi's with his dad and his mom's been shot? You know, like there's 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 ways to explore this. And I'm not even kidding, man. Like that that's genuinely an idea right there. Like flip it, man. You take the when you're making movies, y'all, you take the cliches because everything has been done and you flip them on their head. Okay, that's why we didn't get a, a really great RoboCop remake. Okay, we eventually got this fucking three million dollar uh, sci-fi Australian movie called Upgrade. That's one of the best sci-fi movies I've ever seen. And you know I'm serious because my voice raised six octaves for no reason. But uh, as far as a Bambi remake, do what I said, man. Try to do something crazy. Do not do one of these shot-for-shot remakes, or I will not even bother. And I have no problem saying this. Shout out to x1bet.com. Don't go to that website. Do not go there. But that's the reason why I was able to see a bootleg of The Lion King, because I did not want to support that. I have since, in a way, seen clips of the DVD, and I, I just I hate it. Like, I, I hate that you're like it's like that psycho remake I just mentioned, you know, like you just you're just literally recreating the shots. And that's that's bullshit, man. That that's that's literally copying someone's homework word for word. Like you got to change a couple words. But now switching hands for the microphone. That's how fucking serious I am. The Pinocchio remake. Now, before we even get into that. Oh, there's so many things I want to mention. My brain is screaming about Jiminy Cricket right now. But let's see if I got any notifications worth mentioning. Nine. I shouldn't even have Facebook open. I do. I'm sorry I even mentioned that on here. Delete Facebook. Oh, throw your TV away. You don't need it. You blah, blah, blah. Was that a hiccup? I don't know. Um, but either way, Pinocchio. Okay. So, in 2002, a phenomenal... <clears throat> Excuse me, a phenomenal actor by the name of Roberto Benini. He made a movie version, a live action version of Pinocchio. And before recording this, I watched the trailer and it was horrifying. It was it it it, it looked like some of the characters were born in Whoville. And, like, their species have been mating with humans and, like, the mustaches on these people. I don't think they were connected to their eyebrows, but, like, they might as well have been. And seeing this 30-year-old man walking around calling himself Pinocchio as if he was a child, horrifying. I have not seen that movie. It, and if I have, it hasn't been recently enough <clears throat> that I can talk about it. But that has moved up to the top of my queue of shitty cinema that I think needs to be revisited. And maybe on a No Friends podcast coming soon to you, I will watch it. I'm going to throw that out there amongst the people to see if they want to watch it. On Saturdays, I get together and, and digitally, through the powers of the internet, watch garbage cinema with fellow humans. And the reason I'm bringing up this movie, you're probably like, Julian. That's my name, by the way. I, I rarely introduce myself. I don't have any friends, so I didn't think it was important. But you're probably thinking, guy who runs No Friends Podcast, who I now know is named Julian. Why are you bringing up this non-Disney shit? Well, it is because I would like to list to you the credits of this guy from 2002 to 2019. Now, 
just below that, actually, uh, shout out to Asterix and Obelix uh, contre César. I've seen that movie, French movie, really love it. He do, He's an Italian actor, so he probably speaks French. He probably had a, a decent part in that movie. That was great. That was in 99 that came out. I even remember the Star Wars joke in that because I watched the hell out of that movie. But uh, in 2002, he made Pinocchio. Slight deviation back on track. And then Coffee and Cigarettes. And in Pinocchio, by the way, obviously, as I said, he played Pinocchio. That's going to be important later. You'll find out why. Then he did Coffee and Cigarettes, which I'm going to click on. I'm pretty sure that's a David Lynch film. No, that's Jim Jarmusch. Wow, that's one I definitely have to see. Did something called Tiger in the Snow. Then he made a movie called La Comedia de Amos Po. And then To Rome with Love. And then... That the Rome with Love, that's 2012. But then in 2019, people, he did another Pinocchio movie where he played Geppetto. I can't make this shit up, but I got to see that movie now. I got to watch both of these Pinocchio movies. And I'm mentioning this because people, I set this up. I mentioned the crazy animals with people faces. You know, when I see a cartoon, like hand-drawn animation of Jiminy Cricket, I think that works, you know, but creepy adult man being child, yikes. Him trying to do it again sounds like a redemption story, but the fact that I didn't hear about it gives me hope for the garbage cinema that I want. But back to my point of why I just brought up Jiminy Cricket looking like a crazy monster. Um, If you put <clears throat> a live action, uh, like three inch tall cricket insect with a man face and uh, and a cane and a hat um it's gonna look fucking terrifying uh that that's gonna look insane and if, if you have a real cricket there with a hat that's that's gonna look weird but i i more appreciate the weird direction than them trying to do this anapromorphic uh, like human uh not a human um uh, cricket so what i'm saying is uh Back to that trailer for the first Pinocchio that my buddy uh, Roberto Panini made. I know it's Panini. Please don't correct me, but correct me anyway in the comments of my web zone so I can get some traffic. Um, but Mr. Panini, uh, that his movie, the first Pinocchio he made, the trailer looked nuts. I mean, the sh the uh, not shark, but the the supposed to be whale looked like a shark. Like it had shark teeth. I think I don't know. It was really quick cuts. It looks like madness. I don't know what they're thinking for this live action remake, but if they just do a shot for shot remake with Robert Downey Jr. as Geppetto for no reason, I'm going to be pissed. And I don't even want Tom Holland, you know, to sit there with lines on his mouth looking like a fucking marionette. I don't need that shit. Go get a young actor, put those fucking ping pong balls on him and <clears throat> God, sorry, I'm. I'm a little congested because some comedians like to go to open mics and bleed on the mics. But <laughs> that's a story for another time. Um, yeah, uh, I, I I really think that um, that this Pinocchio movie could be really awesome because there's some really good parts. And I think still to this day, uh, I think a lot of people out there would agree with me. Uh, there's some horrifying parts in that original cartoon, and I think that people need to need to discuss that when they're remaking this live action movie because it needs to be rated PG. There needs to be some scary parts in this for the movie to be effective. I mean, the whole thing is, you know, a metaphor for like, hey, man, uh, listen to your parents when you're a kid. Uh, don't smoke cigars and drink beers or it makes you an ass. Literally in this world. And I love that about the original Pinocchio. That's one of the things that makes it so scary. And I really think that they're going to sanitize it and not in the cool Stanley Kubrick way. They're going to just make it, you know, safe for everyone, not having being able to offend anyone. But most of all, it's going to be made for the Chinese government. So things like that, that the mouse likes to do these days, it just makes me think, huh, huh, I, it's not for you, Julian. It's for everyone in China. Huh? I need their money. And and I guess that's fine. So I'll just look forward to the shitty cinema. But it, it's it's running a bit over an hour here. My throat's getting tired, um, and my lips. 
my mouth, so to speak. But uh, uh, shout out to my Twitch, uh, JHH666, the number of the beast. Yeah, but without the the number of the beast part, JHH666. Just beat Detroit Become Human. Kind of had a scattered conversation about that movie in my second episode with my buddy Christian. But this is going to be the end of this. I mean, I just try to run for an hour, hour, 20 minutes. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm free to go longer if I'm on a roll with someone. But for now, um, I think I'm going to end off on a spooky wooden child boy conversation. Because, uh, boy, if you're still listening to this, I'm stoked. Uh, thanks for having no friends with me. Uh, follow the social media, me on Instagram at Hemmendinger, H-E-M-M-E-N-D-I-N-G-E-R. And then, again, the No Friends Podcast, as it sounds, N-O-P-O-D-C-A-T-S. Yeah, no podcasts, except put friends in the middle, F-R-I-E-N-D-S. Can I spell? Can I talk? Find out next week on the No Friends Podcast. It's brought to you by... Me and my MacBook. Thank you for listening, and see you next time, fellow listeners.